0: This episode is brought to you by Buyers Agency Australia.
1: We'll take it right through council and all the way to the build. We'll take it to builders. We'll get the, uh, the tenders from the builders uh, for, on behalf of our clients and then we will get the process built and get the house finished and then give to our clients after that.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we're talking to CEO of MPI Group, Paul Mascant. His history as a builder and property developer gives him the experience needed when it comes to subdividing and selling developments. His accomplishments have allowed him to build his own portfolio up to $10 million in just five years. In the five years when he started building his portfolio, Mascant also started National Property Investment Group, better known as MPI Group which is a buyer's agent known for overseeing the entire development process. He shares what his typical day looks like.
1: So any sort of day, I'll arrive at the office around about uh, eight o'clock, check emails and inquiries from the night before is normally my first couple of hours. Um, Then I will look at uh, council applications, see where they're sitting at uh, for our uh, our clients that already have uh, applications in council. And then um, the last sort of part of my day, I would um, head out to site to give updates on the the um, process or the progress of uh, our building, our builds that are happening at the time, and then report back them to the clients as well. Um, and then, whilst I'm out on site or driving the car, I'm generally on the phone all the time to agents trying to get um, trying to get new deals across the line. So we take it right from we take it right from the buyers um, from buying the property for the client all the way through to the turnkey development process. So. We'll take it right through council and all the way to the build. We'll take it to builders. We'll get the uh, the tenders from the builders, uh, for on behalf of our clients, and then we will get the process built and get the house finished and then give it to our clients after that. All the way, it's all the way through. We don't sort of we don't just buy the we don't just buy the uh, the property and then just hand it to the the um, the client and Say, well, oh, there you go. You sort it out now. It's we take it right through to the end. Um, And then the client can do whatever they want to do with it after that. If they want to, um, if they would like to sell, they sell. If they want to rent them out and keep and keep building, uh, you know, recycling the equity, et cetera, et cetera, then they can do that as well. So um, we have some clients that like selling and going again. We have some clients that like, we have some clients that like um, recycling the equity and going again. So yeah, it's just a bit of what what your sort of what your risk profile is like and what you are what you what you're up for.
0: Maskant grew up in Melbourne as the youngest of four boys, leading a very active childhood. Uh,
1: Eastern suburbs of Melbourne, um, in a little um, suburb called Bayswater, um, which is not fancy, just to, it's probably 45 minutes from Melbourne, I suppose. Um, Yeah, so I grew up there, um, got three older brothers, and yeah, that's about, uh, I'm I'm the youngest, so I used to get beaten up a lot as a kid. (laughs) And, um, And yeah, so, (laughs) yeah 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 so i was i was the i was a little punching bag for a while there um that was okay um yeah i grew up there um and yeah so i started my um i'm a builder i'm actually a builder by trade so i started my apprenticeship when i was 19 um and finished that when i was kind of 23 um went overseas for a bit and came home and started doing um sort of my own property developments um and then sort of grown into doing it for other people basically um i thought this is kind of too good not to not to try and uh, emulate again and again and again so here we are he's very sporty very sporty as a kid um footy in the summer cricket sorry footy in the winter cricket in the summer um like a lot of australian children um yeah oh like i said three big brothers so we're always playing playing footy out the front or cricket out the front and and whatnot, and the same thing. I was always bowling, and then when I finally got them out, they'd go inside and they wouldn't bowl to me. So, um <laughs> so that was, just, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that was pretty standard, but that's okay. We and then yeah, just the standard sort of childhood with with um, other kids in the street. We'd all play, you know, sports and ride bikes and water fights and all that kind of stuff, yeah, just a standard kind of childhood.
0: After leading such an active lifestyle in his youth, Maskent hopes to emulate this kind of upbringing with his children but concedes some of the difficulties with the kind of upbringing today.
1: I kind of hope that it's not lost on my kids um, when they get a bit older, um, being able to go out and just do that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's definitely not something you see a lot of. Um, and I'm trying to, I think it sort of starts young when the kids are young, you try and make sure that they um, they're outside a lot and Playing in the garden, you know, digging for stuff and whatever. So, yeah, I try and try and push them outside as much as possible, even in the even in the uh, wintry Melbourne months, which we're smack bang in the middle right now. So, um, but that's okay. That's yeah, we try and get them out there. And I always think about what what are the kids in Canada doing? It's at the negative thirty in there, and they're still. I'm sure they're still doing stuff outside. So. Yeah, we just got we just got to we just got to deal with it. So I mean, it wouldn't be fun. We've got some family in Canada. We're over there, and um, they were explaining how like when they just get a big dump, they're just going to get everyone everyone just out there with shovels and trying to get their cars out of the driveways and stuff. it Would be be pretty full on. It'd be pretty full on, but. Just is what they do. They just that's what they do. They're just used to it.
0: So after school, uh, I guess primary school, you you went to high school, right? And uh, as you said, afterwards you went you went to um, get your apprenticeship. How did you fall into that? Because there's so many ways to actually go into either you know that industry. But how did you know that you want to go there? Did you have some kind of experience from family, or was it something they went, oh, cool, you know, I like to just do it because it looks interesting.
1: It was a bit a bit of column A, bit of column B, I suppose. Um Yeah, I think I, I liked. Um, I like the idea of building my own house. I don't know why. Um, I like. I just like the idea of being able to know how to do that. Um, so that's probably the main reason why I got into it. Um, and then, yeah, and you kind. Of, I just like. I, I like the idea of being able to do that. If one day I needed to build my own house because I needed shelter for whatever reason, I could do it. And that was that was probably the the main thing. Um, that was, pro- yeah, it wasn't. I, I knew that I wouldn't have to. I knew I wouldn't be in a situation i would have to. But I thought that was probably the main thing. I just like to know how to do this, and and yeah. So that's what I did. That's what I did for a long time.
0: After losing interest in studying physical education at university, Mascaren went down the path of becoming a builder's apprentice, where he learned all the tricks of the trade. As an apprentice,
1: I everything, everything we we did. We did mainly uh, extensions and renovations of houses, so that was kind of, it wasn't, we never got a new home, we never did new homes or anything like that. It was just extensions and renovations, Um, so it was a lot of, uh, which is probably harder because you're dealing with old houses, um, which a lot of the old houses have kind of become, you know, they're not level anymore, they're not straight, so things you got to change and you've got to kind of, Try your best to make things work, look right, and be right, and all that sort of stuff. With a new home, you rock up, and it's kind of is there, and you can just get it all get it all done properly. So, um, yeah, so that was good. So we just did a lot of renovations, uh, a lot of weatherboard renovations, um, and yeah, so people that have had a three bedroom home would want a four bedroom home and two bathrooms, and so you put on en suites and all that kind of stuff, new kitchens, um, bathrooms, decks, pergolas, um, yeah. You kind of name it we did it yeah we did everything we did everything as an apprentice you don't really you don't really learn until you kind of qualified you're out there on your own and you're doing things yourself and that's when you start that's when you start to learn a lot um as an apprentice you learn but you can, you can always ask your boss you can always say hey mate what do i do here what do i do there and they just give you the answer but when you're out on your own it's all a bit different and you can still call them if you want to and whatever but you still you're still you're on your own so that's when you're that's when it's uh, and when it's your money on the line as well. Um, you make sure you want to try and get it uh, get it done as fi- as efficiently and quickly as possible.
0: Mascant continued down this path, and after four years, became a fully qualified carpenter. So I was
1: a carpenter for a while, um, or for a, a long time, and then I got my builder's license. Um, and then once I got my builder's license, I started um, I started doing developments. Um, just buying, buying uh, old, old houses um, which looking back is probably not the best way to do it but um, as I'm sure you're aware, property's quite forgiving with time so if you hold on to it long enough, it doesn't matter too much, you can kind of make a few mistakes and then come out the other end and it's all okay.
0: Through his experiences, Mascant learnt from the complications that can arise when renovating an old house.
1: I think the adding the, adding the value at the start um, of the renovation can be a bit time consuming a bit costly um and then you've got to sit on that until you develop the back house um the subdivided property um so you're sitting on that property at the front for a while so it's it's pretty capital intensive um by by doing that if you can buy a better house at the front um and then put a and then put a new house on the back it become i think it's much more valuable um even if you're paying a little bit more to get in um to that to that property um, a Few less headaches as well. Um, you can rent them. You can rent them out easier uh, initially, um, especially when you're doing uh, you want, when you're doing a development um, at the back. You know, you want you want the front house rented as well. Um, so you have to take you have to take a bit of a hit there as well because people don't necessarily want a development happening whilst they're living in a house. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think over time kind of worked out that maybe it's not the best thing to sort of buy an old place and put 50 or 60 thousand dollars into that and then do a development at the back for four or five hundred thousand as well it just becomes it just becomes very capital intensive um and your money's sitting there for a long time uh idle uh but that's what you learn when you do it um and that's what you yeah you get better at things as you do them There's definitely exceptions to each rule you know what i mean like some places are just worth it you know if you can get in there and and you and you can and you can get it for a hundred grand less because it's got this and that wrong with it. Then potentially, then it is worth it. But um, you know what they call in the industry sweat equity. You know, you're doing it yourself and getting in there and getting it done. It's it can be worth it. But yeah, from from what I've from what I've sort of found, it's probably not the it's not always the best way.
0: Maskin's family were not major investors growing up. So, the interest in property came from observing the houses he delivered to on his paper route as a child.
1: I can't remember much about property being mentioned at home or anything like that. Um, No, not really. No, it was more about, I don't know. I I remember as a kid, I used to look through the local paper and see the... The uh, which houses sold for what and this and that and you kind of look at you know I used to do a paper round when I was a kid as well when I was probably ten years old and I remember like l- liking seeing the houses I delivered the paper to in the in the in the uh, in the paper as well for some reason I don't know why um, it was just something that I, I looked at and did and yeah so um, maybe that's got something to do with it maybe not I'm not sure I don't um, not really sure but no not not really it was more about just me sort of seeing an opportunity mm-hmm. to to be able to um, get ahead, I suppose.
0: Coming up after the break, we'll dive deeper into details of development with Paul Mascant.
1: It was pretty intense um, but got that done, got it rented out, got the plan sorted for the back, got that built and then held that for probably two years.
0: The time and commitment it takes You're probably looking at
1: 18 to 24 months depending on the size of your development really.
0: The importance of prioritizing
1: your time. Could I be in an auction today and and getting a steal or could I be, you know, talking with agents and stuff like that.
0: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyers agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now he's offering you a no obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405105074 to get your no obligation free 45-minute strategy call. Observing the developments happening around him. Mascant formulated his investment strategy of purchasing, developing and subdividing.
1: You drive around any sort of street um, and you see developments happening, you know, you see a house get knocked down, put two houses there, three houses, four houses or or you see a house getting built behind someone else's house or, you know, all these kind of little things and it's like, oh, maybe if people are doing it, there's got to be some money in it. Um, and then you can kind of, and then you have a go at it yourself and, potentially you don't do so well on the first one or the second one, but you learn things as you go and you get better at it um, over time. And that's when you start to really reap the rewards later on. So first property I purchased was my, was actually my principal place of residency. Um, so it was a little two bedroom, little two bedroom, uh, weatherboard. And I turned that into a four bed, uh, four bed, two bath, two living area sort of place. Um, and this was well before I thought anything about property, it was more about just getting in there, um, renovating it and selling it. Just get it, get it done and get it, get it sold. Um, so that's what I did. I sold that one, um, made some pretty good money on that one so…
0: When renovating your own place and doing all the work yourself, it takes a lot of time, commitment and dedication as Mascant learned with his first property.
1: It took 18 months. To sort of from start to finish, you know, by the time I bought the place and I got the plans drawn and whatnot, but that was me being a bit lazy as well. And kind of back then, I was a bit more like, I'll do everything. You know, I'm building, I'm painting, I'm plastering, I'm, you know, I'm doing tiling, I'm doing everything. But now, now I, I, everything's outsourced because I've learned I've learned that I'm wasting my time doing that when there's other opportunities I could be getting out there. So. But you only learn that by doing it. That's and that's the thing. I remember I was hanging plaster sheets by myself, um, just painting wall. Just yeah, and just was silly. Every weekend, just working all week and then working all weekend into the house. And but it probably stood me in good stead really because I realised that that's not how you do things. But you don't work that out until yeah, like I said, until you do it. Um, and then and then I bought another. I bought my principal place of residency again. And then I bought another investment property at the same time, and I subdivided um, the investment property, um, and that was again an older style place, so had to get in there and do bathrooms and kitchens and floorboards and move some walls and stuff like that.
0: Whether developing or simply buying and holding. Mousecan assures that you'll see growth on your investment as long as you exercise patience and prudence.
1: Like I said to you before, property is pretty forgiving, you know, like if you hold it long enough, it can be, it can it can turn out fine. Um, probably the, uh, I sold a couple of pr- places uh, pre-COVID um, which and we know now two years coming out of COVID, the market has been going gangbusters pretty much anywhere in Australia um, and it has been going pretty good in the areas where I sold. Um, so that's probably my one of my worst um, mistake you call it mistake I'm not sure um, I deployed the cash uh, somewhere else though so it was sort of I uh, took the cash from that and and built another house um, so that kind of helped that situation out I suppose you could call it um, in terms of uh purchasing probably buying on a main road um, which i've done um. Which, which is sort of one of those things, well, when I was doing this first, I didn't really understand any of that stuff. I didn't even think about it. I just thought, oh, yeah, property, that's great. It's a house, let's do it. It's got a big enough block of land, let's, let's, let's get into it. Um, but probably buying on a main road has probably been the, the worst, the, the biggest mistake we've, I've made. Well, when I think you're, when you're selling a property, you're selling something that people want to love, um, I think, and you don't want them to walk in and pick anything out. You don't want to walk in and go, ah, oh, this, the windows are, are, are no good, or the bathroom's a bit small, or the kitchen's a bit not quite what I wanted, or you know, ex- this or that, or there's no robes in the bedrooms, or there's no this, you know what I mean? And Same thing. Oh, it's on a main road, and that's and that's. And I feel like when someone wants to buy a property, they want them to be able to go. This is the best thing. I'm about to purchase this. I love it and I want it and and you also, if you've got two people loving it or three people loving it, that's when the price goes up and up and up as well. But if you've got if you've got those knocks on your property, like I just mentioned, it it, it makes it harder to sell, I think. Um, and you're selling for a little bit. You're selling at a bit of a at a bit of a not a loss, but you're selling a bit less than what you could potentially get in a in a, in a better street, for instance, or or making sure that you've got all the. Um, the mod cons and whatnot, so.
0: You know, you've had uh, shared with us a, a moment where a learning lesson. What do you think has been one of your biggest aha moments along your tr- uh, property journey or property development so far? The biggest aha moment, I think for
1: me would be when I decided to rent their houses out um, rather than sell them off. Um, when I, when I originally bought these houses, I was always about selling, them, get in, do a development and sell it off. And then as I was kind of moving through and just kind of, it was, they were going all right, the developments and, excuse me, they were going all right, the developments, and I kind of, so looking at the rental, rental market in the area, et cetera, and vacancy rates and whatnot. I thought maybe it's better to hold these for a while um, and then started to get into a bit more learning about actual property investing rather than just you know property speculating, which what which what I was doing, you know by by sort of buying, developing, and selling, I was kind of, yes, making making money, but keeping the money in the market is probably better than than um selling. And I understand sometimes you have to sell. I get that because you know the banks banks won't let you borrow for whatever reason or or a myriad number of reasons of why you have to sell, um, you know, family issues or, or whatever. You need the cash and that's fine. You have to get out. Um, but, but there's no point having money in the, in the bank, sitting there doing nothing. Um, you might as well have it in the market, giving you some rent uh, on your money and then the market growing over time as well. Um, being able to recycle the equity um, was stuff I didn't know about. I didn't know anything about that when I bought my first property. I didn't know you could go and buy a borrow up to eighty percent on your property again, and then keep moving. Um, so all these things I learned as I was sort of going through, and I thought, oh, hang on a second, maybe maybe it's better to hold these for a while um, until I really need to sell, or something comes up, or I want to buy my dream home, or I want to do this and I want to do that. Um, then 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 sell. But there's no point selling just to have a nice shiny figure in your bank account. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a number. It's a number on a page. So. Um, that was probably my biggest aha moment. Um, and then when I did a three unit development and the brand new houses all got rented out in the first afternoon, um, of the, so we finished them all basically on the the Tuesday or whatever they all got done. Um, uh, all the occupancy certificates were all sorted and, um, yeah, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock all signed, done for the next 12 months and. And then on the Monday there was you know X amount of money put in my bank account. And I was like, well, this is this is pretty good. Um, and, then re- and then and and the, that's the cash flow, yeah. And then recycling the equity again. I was already at the yeah. bank. I was already at my broker on the Tuesday, saying, well, this is what I've got now. These these are done. Um, these are the value. This is my cash flow from it. Where can we where can we deploy this um, this equity again? Um, so yeah, I think I think renting starting to rent them out was was my biggest. Ask.
0: We've learned a lot from Paul Mascan in this episode, so get ready for even more next time as we discuss development strategy. If you're selling to have the
1: money in a, in a bank account and it's a shiny number on a page, then it's not the right thing to do. His favourite deals to manage, but I really like the retain and builds where you're building the house behind uh, the front house, keeping and keeping the front house. Um, I seem to think I don't think bigger is always better.
0: He's overcoming the challenges of COVID. Turn
1: on the news or turn on, open in one paper and you can see that what's, what's going on so people understand it is frustrating and that's part of the unknown.
0: And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. <laughs> Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyers agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405105074 to get your no obligation free 45 minute strategy call